Our guest now founded the body care business, Anihana, around seven years ago, creating bath bombs, solid shampoos and shower steamers. Sophie Cooper and her husband were parents to a young baby at the time. They now have two children, and as their family's grown, so is their business. Anihana is now sold in more than 8,000 stores across New Zealand, Australia and the United States. In the US, they're stocked in retail giants Target and Walmart. It's been a busy and challenging few years. Sophie Cooper's in the Tamaki Makaurau Auckland studio. Good morning. Good morning, Catherine. So what was the beginning of the story of Anihana? Um, yeah, so Anihana as a brand is actually only two and a half years old. Um, but I guess my journey started seven and a half years ago. Um, I was a florist at the time. I was a florist for 10 years. And um, I was working for a lady that had a florist shop and she also had a soap factory. <laughs> um, so I used to sell soaps and bath bombs with the flowers. Um, and I kind of got to see the behind the scenes of it sometimes. Um, my boss at the time decided she wanted to sell her soap factory. Um, I was eight months pregnant, about to go on maternity leave, but um, decided to go home to my husband that night and jokingly said to him, should we buy this business? Yeah, and a few months later, we had a new baby and a new business at the a same time. A new baby and a new baby. Yeah. Um, so you were a florist. What was, what was he doing at the time? Um, what's, his, what's his skill set? So he has, he, I could say he's from the corporate world. He's um, been in FMCG for 15 Fast years. Fast moving consumer yeah. goods. Yeah. Always handy to have one of those on deck. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> but what a time to buy it. But is it a case, and this is the boldness of the entrepreneur, isn't it? It's the case of, well, this is the opportunity. It's not going to be here in our perfectly planned lives in three years, five years, ten years' time. Um, you know, did you just have to grab it while it was there? Yeah, I mean, I, I all I knew was that I loved the products. Um, I love selling them, love using them. Um, I love making them and creating beautiful things. Um, I think being quite naive and not really knowing what to do was probably why we bought it. Uh, naivety <laughs> is essential in yeah. the purchase of many businesses or the starting of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, what I want to explain before we go any further, what is a shower steamer? Oh, this is probably the most common asked question we get. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty much a bath bomb for your shower. So we started off making bath bombs and then I started to get requests from people that didn't have a bathtub. So they said, can you make a shower steamer? Um, I wasn't too sure what they were at the time. So did a bit of Google research and realized that they're pretty similar. They're just uh, same ingredients, but um, more intense fragrances, essential oils. Um, you place it in the corner of your shower and you let the water dissolve it and it releases the uh, fragrance essential oils wow. into the and steam. and so the, the fragrance rises up. It's not hanging on the shower head. It rises up from the floor. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Goodness. So um, I don't want to had the PTSD kick in, but I, I'm just trying to visualise what life must have been like when you started. Uh, so, so take us there. And also you mentioned there was a soap factory, but how big was that production area? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I do get a bit of PTSD. Actually. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, I, you know, I think a lot of women do amazing, world-changing businesses with babies and um, being pregnant and I sometimes feel a bit guilty like talking about how I did this business but at the time it was you know it was probably one of the hardest 
times of my life and um, there's going through a heap of other things as well as, you know, trying to figure out how to run a business and be a mom and, you know, I didn't know how to do either of those jobs. Um, so, you know, my kind of relaxation, like my me time, that kind of 10, 15 minutes in the shower or bath at the end of the day really, really helped me. Um, so I'd wanted to kind of, that's why we started creating the products because we wanted to help other people in the similar situations. Um, but knowing back then, you know, our production was really small. We had two or three people making product. I was physically making product myself. Um, and it was, you know, a small little warehouse in Takanini, South Auckland. Um, and yeah, it was, we, we had no idea how, yeah how quickly it would, it would grow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other challenge. It's often the success that brings the most, uh, <clears throat> critical time for a business. I think it was originally called ah, uh, as in you know <laughs> that feeling when you are relaxing into a bathtub gracefully, or in my case, sort of plonking in a big splash these days. <laughs> uh, but but Anihana, um, what was the apart from the, the the fact it's quite hard to sort of say ah, uh, what was the shift to to the to the beautiful name it has now? Yeah, um, I mean, I love the name R. Um, so like you said, it's the sound you make when you get in the bath at the end of the day. Um, when we were talking about renaming and rebranding, I was quite against it. It felt a little bit like renaming my toddler a little bit. <laughs> um, but there was a few kind of issues with trademarking, like people didn't know how many H's. Um and we went kind of went round in circles for a long time, thinking of different names. And then randomly one night, um, Annie Hannah popped into my head. Um, so it's my daughter's middle name, um, who I was pregnant with at the time that we started the business. And it's also my husband's um, late mother's maiden name. And he joined the business at the same time that we rebranded. So it's got a really cool connection. What what was the key moment then, moving on from just essentially being overwhelmed? I think you started out contract manufacturing for others before beginning your own range. But what was the moment in the business where it really began to grow and you also began to get a sense of how to structure it? What have been one or two of the key stages? I, I think the pivotal stage was really when we rebranded to Annie Hannah. Um, we went from you know, 250 stores in New Zealand to um, now like over 8,000. Um, blows my mind a little bit because it's it's the same product, just in different packaging. <laughs> but I think the packaging really stands out and it kind of represents our fun values as a brand. Um, and I think my husband as well, he's like a sales master. So having someone that can actually sell a product is <laughs> good. Uh, look, it is good. So the packaging changed uh, and... You know, if you were already in 250 stores, you'd already made some ground. Um, were, were there connections to get you into some bigger stores? Did online play an important role? What were, what were some of the other moments that supercharged growth? Um, I think um, online sales were pretty small, but I think we built quite a cool, um, loyal community in New Zealand. Um, we had some connections with my husband's FMCG experience, Um but I think the other thing was we did a capital raise, which um, kind of was used for the rebrand. And that kind of um, really, not forced us, but 
um, made us evaluate what we wanted to get out of the business. Like we could have stayed where we were, like slowly growing in New Zealand, or could we, could we make this a global brand and really push it and see where we go? So December twenty twenty, you get a, um, a big decent injection over a million dollars, I think, in, in that capital raising, and I think there was some more raised a few months later. You, you, is this the point that you go to Australia and also to the US at the same time? When did the exporting start? Um, yeah, so it was shortly after the rebrand and the capital raise. Um, the plan was always to go to Australia first um, and um, get distribution in that market. Um, we started with, we got ranging in Priceline. Um, the US was planned for later on, but um, <laughs> we we had an opportunity to talk to the target buyer in the US. Um, we thought that being a, a brand new brand that no one knew of, um, we would just kind of get in front of the buyer so she remembered us for the following year and wasn't expecting any ranging outcome but um, it just happened that she decided to range I think 12 of our products in uh, three 400 stores Um, so we ended up um, doing two big pipe fills for Target and Priceline at the same time. I mean you're into massive distribution network by then aren't you and if you look Mm -hmm. at your growth chart uh, for ramping up production, does it just take this kind of vertical heave upwards at some point? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it's that was probably our biggest challenge, I would say, um, going from a really handmade niche product to trying to scale those products and still keep that kind of love that goes into each product. How, how, how have you done that? Um, so we still make uh, about 25, 30% of our own products. And um, we, we have moved to Papakura, a slightly bigger factory, but we keep all the artisanal products there, which are very handmade. Um, and then we've um, found a couple of New Zealand partners um, that have been awesome and willing to kind of come along on the journey and help us and create some products with us. So you're now contracting out yourself to others with some parts of the range? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, how hard was it to break into the Australian and US markets? But actually, it sounds like, and I'm sure the work went into it, you had a break or two and off it went? Yeah, pretty much. I think um, getting on the shelves has been not easy, but one of the easier parts for us. Um, I think our challenge now is kind of staying on those shelves and building a brand that's going to last. How so? What's your expectation of once you've got that kind of reach with a product? What What are the challenges from there? Uh, I think, you know, like building that, I think people know us for a, a cool product that works, uh, sustainable, uh, it's fun to use, it makes you feel good, but they don't really know the kind of story behind the brand and what we stand for and our values. And I think building that community is going to be um, our challenge and getting that repeat purchase and uh, building a community in other markets, not just New Zealand. And does that matter? Because the other thing with these big um, sort of um, outlets is that we know they're hellishly competitive on price and placement and everybody wants in there. So do you need to keep the story moving? I think so, and I think that will help with the kind of velocity and rate of sale and things like that. Um, I think they expect you to do that work to move the product yourself as well, not just put it it on the shelf and Mm. expect it to go. Do you want to go wider? I mean, there's markets in Europe, there's huge markets in in Asia. Is there a plan to further expand? 
Yeah, definitely. We've got big growth plans, but um, I, I would say we're a lot more uh, cautious and strategic on which markets we go to next. Um, our focus is definitely going to be on the US this year, um, but we are starting to look at um, Europe, UK or Asia. Um, but, you know, it's, it's expensive to enter a new market. So, mm. How many <laughs> yeah. staff now? Um, 23. Uh, and, and revenue, annual revenue is is, is climbing um, as well. So the you know it, it's at a decent size now this business. And um, yeah, what have you learned? I mean, it, it coincided with uh, as we said, starting a family and um, all the pressures that come along with that as well. But many many business people, most business people are dealing with that. They don't always buy a business a month before they give birth, but <laughs> um, but but that's a common pressure. And what have you learned about building a small business, keeping some sort of balance in life, looking after yourself with, with the with the pressures that come with growth of a business? It's a good question. Um, I think definitely for a while I felt a little bit like a hypocrite preaching self-care to people and, you know, I was quite burnt, burnt out and not taking that time for myself. Um, but that's, you know, as we've grown a team, like we've got an amazing team around us. Um, I get imposter syndrome a lot. I feel like, you know, they all know so much more than me. So I'm just trying to learn as much as I can from them. Um, but I guess biggest learning is, um, ask people for help like I I used to hate networking <laughs> I was quite a massive introvert um, but you'd be surprised how many people actually are willing to share their um, challenges and, and learnings and connect you with people you just said something then I think is, is an incredible strength for you um, the reference to um, what well, I was going to say Stockholm Syndrome but imposter <laughs> Syndrome uh, which is I, I suspect I know everyone can have it, but women seem to experience it a certain way. Um, but the other matter was that you have imposter syndrome because you're learning off those around you that you've hired. That's exactly what you want. You know, the worst thing is to not learn off the people you bring into your business. And there are people who uh, run businesses, think they know it all, everyone else follow me is to be learning off that whole diversity of skill that you've brought in. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I think um, I think a, st- a strength of ours is the team that we've brought in around us. Um, and, yeah, I, mean, I, I love our team. They're amazing. Mm, know who to hire and yeah. then empower them, right? Um, Sophie, all the best. How old are the kids now? <laughs> Seven and five. Ah, there you go. <laughs> You're yeah. off to school, so that's slightly tomorrow. helpful. <laughs> Back tomorrow. Can't wait. <laughs> well, you'll be there at night, I'm sure. Uh, thanks very much, <laughs> Sophie Cooper, and the business is Anihana.